And good evening, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of D. Gerv and Vic Mo. I'm Ricky Hampton. We're coming you coming to you tonight on the Believe uh, Sports Network, where that means you can catch our uh, show all over on uh, Apple, Spotify, you name it. We're on wherever it. you get your podcast. Ever you get your favorite podcast, uh, we're proud to be members of the uh, the Believe Network. And as we continue this partnership with Believe, you'll be learning more about Believe and how to get our show when you're in your car and all that good stuff. You can just listen to us 24-7. But uh, I want to welcome you guys in tonight, uh, Dee and uh, Mo. Hope y'all had a great weekend. I'm celebrating my... <laughs> Wife and I celebrating our anniversary out here in uh, Vegas. Beautiful Las Vegas. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Beautiful Las happy. Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Do, happy do we happy have? Do we have a good dinner last night, Ricky? Did I take you to the right Italian <laughs> and, place? Mo <laughs> and his lovely wife Linda took us out to dinner last night at Bootleggers, Man, one of the probably... most famous restaurants in <laughs> Las Vegas. Uh, and, and Mo, talk a little bit about that history of that place, man. It's, a, it's old school Las Vegas. It, it, it was uh, the place to be, you know, in the late 60s, early 70s with uh, Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin. All those Rat Packers ate there. Um, you know, they knew the owner. Uh, and uh, it's really, you know, the, the uh, red motif and the and the uh, tablecloths and it's a pretty cool place. And I think uh, you're probably still eating that chicken Parmesan you got last night. I, I'm going to knock it off soon as we <laughs> finish uh, uh, the show. And, and, and not only that, it, it's so much history there, man. I didn't get a chance to look at all the pictures they have of all these famous entertainers who have uh, been there. And not to mention that's where Big Mo and uh, uh, San Antonio Spurs legend Artist A Train Gilmore uh, had dinner a couple of months ago, right? Yeah, but we're not on the wall, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Ten years in the league will do that for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, a lot going on, man. Uh, You know, NBA started the season right around the corner. And the big news in the NBA was the altercation between Draymond Green and uh, uh, and Poole, his, two, his teammate. Draymond punched his teammate out in, uh, in, in practice, and he's, he's taking some time away from the team now. And, and I was just thinking, man, when you guys played, that would have been, oh, okay, it was a little dust up in practice. And now it's this giant uh, controversy. Derek, is this much to, much ado about nothing? Or, or is there should be some concern here? For me, it should be concerned because it's a repeat. Um, it's the same person, Draymond, who's always involved in different skirmishes. And he does a lot of, of below board type things, things that aren't, aren't that, you know, don't go along with the league. And, you know, fights do happen, but that fight there, man, I mean, come on, he intimidated. That was a bully move. Uh, the guy is 50 pounds lighter than he is. He's 23 years old. 
And it just happens, you know, people don't want to factor this in, but it just so happens he's going to get extended his contract and Draymond is not. And, you know, people can say what they want, but I know people, personal feelings do factor in. And then the way it happened, you go over there and you, first of all, people acting like Poole pushed him first. Draymond gives him a little, a little nudge with the shoulder and then Poole pushes him like, get off me. And then he sucker punches the guy, man. I mean, come on. That was a uh, totally uncalled for. Uh, fights do happen, but that was a fight that didn't happen to happen. And um, Golden State has allowed him to get away with this over a period of time. And it's sad that they had the nerve to be upset. They're upset because it was leaked out. Not upset because Draymond once again, but upset because it's leaked out and people in the world got to see the video. And that's the problem I have with it. It's a, he's a repeat offender. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they do have a legitimate problem with it being leaked because – you know, someone in the video department, all practices are videoed. Uh, when you're on a practice court, there's three or four cameras that are running at all times. You can actually, you can go into, you can have it in your office. You can go into the video room and you can see the practice court and there's a camera there. Uh, so somebody leaked that to TMZ because, you know, uh, did NBA TV get it? No. Did ESPN get it? No. TMZ got it. So uh, they probably paid somebody, whatever they paid them. I hope it was... <laughs> A lot because that person, they'll find out who it is. He'll be fired, he or she, and they'll never work in the league again if they do. But, uh, uh, you know, because, but, you know, a leak is a leak. I mean, uh, people weren't upset when they uh, leaked a video of Bobby Knight uh, choking a player or, uh, you know, that other coach throwing basketballs at a player. You know, it's, it's just, uh, you know, it, but at this point, um, I'm really surprised that, Golden State has not uh, done any disciplinary action at all to let Draymond say, I'm going to step away from the team for a while. That's not punishment. He, he needs to be suspended and or fined because, yeah, I mean, I've been there. You know, there's fights and scuffles uh, in practice back in the day. Not much anymore because of the workplace. Everything is you have to be protected in the workplace. And I mean, back then, coaches yelled at you, screamed at you. Uh, you know, did other stuff, you know, uh, now it's no longer like that. And it's not acceptable, rightfully so. Um, but, uh, you know, for the Warriors not to like a, a suspension and a fine. Uh, I mean, that's surprising to me. I mean, when you watch the punch and, you know, I've been in a fight, you know, I've, I've been punched. I punched somebody and it was damn, he they're lucky that uh, Poole doesn't have a broken jaw, broken nose. He buckled his legs. He was going down into that wall, and Draymond fell onto him. Or uh, you would have seen, uh, you, you know, you think Tua's knees buckled? Poole's knees buckled because that, that was a running punch with his fist that connected directly to his face and pushes, shoves, uh, taunting, uh, trash-talking. That happens a lot. But running at someone and throwing a, a serious punch is another thing totally. And, uh, you know, I know the league wants to stay out of it, but now the video's out. Um, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I watched all 17 minutes of Draymond's apology today. And, um, you know, he, you, know, you got to apologize. But he kept saying, you know what really – he kept saying, you know what, that video was cut in a way uh, that made me look even worse than it was. Uh, 
Uh, there was no audio on it. So obviously they were talking back and forth and talking trash. Um, he, he said that like three or four times. He would cover it up by saying, but I know it was wrong and I shouldn't have done that. But if you keep bringing that up, it was cut in a way that I look bad. Uh, you know, that bothers no, me. No remorse. Yeah. No that, remorse. You know, that you're, you're, you're making an excuse like a sort of excuse, not a real, really excuse, but sort of I'm getting around it, you know, it was cut wrong and everything. I mean, and you know, what was also interesting when you watch the footage of them winning the championship last year, he and pool are standing next to each other a lot. They're hugging pool is mm -hmm. crying. Um, you know, so, you know, that, and, uh, you know, their, uh, their contract, uh, you know, negotiations are not going the way that Draymond wants them to go, but, I mean, uh, you know, the guy makes $26 million this year. And he has a player's, uh, player's option to make $28 million next year. So if he wants to be, he's under contract for two years. Or he can opt out. So, you know, it's, it's working outside. Pool, Pool is making $3.5 million and getting ready to sign a nice deal, which deserve, deservedly so. But, um, you know, and, and Draymond's talking about he had – really bad things going on out off the court that day and all that stuff. But, um, you know, can they get past this? You know, maybe, maybe not. Um, and you know, people keep saying, well, who would you rather have Draymond or pool? Well, uh, you know, my, if I'm GM, you know, I want pool. I mean, Draymond's done great. He, he's helped us win championships. Pool's 23 years old, averages 18 points a game. His upside is huge. Uh, Draymond's averaging seven points a game, seven rebounds and seven assists. So, you know, you know, he's or five assists. So he's a big part, but you know, there's no decision to be made there. Um, he's 32. Yeah. So if you Paul, don't leave out the 10, uh, times he gets into it with the ref each game. Yeah. And, or other players or KD. Yeah, I'm just saying. Or, so it's a yeah. whole lot to cover. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm just, a, you know, Steve Kerr is a friend of mine. I, I know, you know, a little bit of the GMs, uh, the owners of the, the Golden State Warriors. I played there in 91. And I'm a little upset that they haven't come out and said, listen, Draymond suspended for five games and it's a whatever million dollar fine or whatever. You can't, you can't freaking go around and punch your teammate. I don't care what happens. So, you know. And to me, Derek, his self-importance as a player, I mean, yeah, he's a good player. He he happens to find himself in a extraordinary good situation that enhanced the things he did is about optimize his talents as well as they could be optimized at that level. But he's pretty on great. I mean, he, to me, he's a glorified role player. When you don't, when you keep playing with fire, you know, at some point you get burned. And that's Draymond. And I, I, it's hard for me to blame him all the way because he's been allowed to get away with it. He's told the line on numerous occasions. It's not like it just started this, this summer or this last year. I mean, it's, we can, he's got a history of it. And Golden State hasn't addressed it. It's almost like they condone it. And that's the problem I have with it. They haven't come out and spoken up like a team, like an organization. I had them as a great organization. It's hard for me to have them as a great organization now when they don't come out and deal with the issue. This is a serious issue. This could change the difference in their entire season. 
How do you get around this? Um, hopefully, Jordan Poole is the kind of young guy that's strong mentally and he can put this all aside, but there's no guarantee. We already yeah, saw and- Kevin Durant. I mean, he could, I'm not saying he's the reason KD left, but I'm saying he contributed. And he continues to toe the line repeatedly. Something has to be done about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and- uh, shoot, um, you know, didn't he pretty much cost the Warriors a championship by getting kicked out of a game five or game six a few years three back? One, the year they blew the three one. Yeah. So, I mean, and he, he missed the next game and, you, you know, so, but you know what happens in, in, in NBA and all these pro sports teams and everybody knows, you know, what fixes everything or makes people overlook stuff? Winning, 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 winning makes you overlook bad, bad stuff going on. It's not right, but that's what happens. But, but, but Mo, I like what Derek says about the fact that Jordan Poole is an ascending player who's about to get paid, and Draymond's 32 years old. 180 and, million, Ricky. That's what I'm looking at. Tyler Hero. He got the same. He Tyler Hero. Yeah, he, he, Draymond's had, uh, had tremendous success, but he is probably not in the future of the Warriors plans the way Jordan Poole is. So maybe that. Maybe he sees some of that. Yeah, I mean, he probably feels it. I mean, and he's getting older. He's 32. Uh, but let's face it. Come on, man. What does it make? 60, 80, 100 million? How much ever it made? Come on, man. Life's good. Shoot. Yeah. You don't have to worry about working. Your pay, your kids don't, whatever, for the rest of your life. You know, you won championships. You know what's the worst thing that can happen? They don't pay you. You don't. You could take your player's option next year and make twenty-eight million, or you could go play for the Lakers if you want to, or do whatever. I mean, life can't be that bad. <laughs> you know, you're gonna get upset about. <laughs> well, you all gotta this go stuff. punch somebody. Yeah, not I mean, bad. Round but, draft pick out of Michigan State. Yeah, but Poole is—he's an up-and-coming player, and he—he's fought his way to get where he is right now and get this opportunity. This—he's—he's he's gone through some stuff to get here. And I hope and I pray that he doesn't let this affect him and there's enough people around him and support around him that he could say, you, you know, you know what? I don't care if uh, Draymond apologized. I don't care uh, if he feels bad. You need to take care of yourself. And that's in the past. And you're going to move forward and take care of your, yourself, too. I mean, that's how you got to think about it. He, he seems to have a good head on his shoulders. He went and worked out after he got punched. He still stayed in the gym. He's and, lucky. And. He's lucky, man. I've seen punches like that break people's jaws. Oh, yeah, no doubt Wire about. them shut. Concussion. Oh, yeah. yeah no doubt about absolutely. And, and now that won't have any effect of them playing together. Because you, <laughs> like, you don't have to like your teammate. Mm. I mean, it helps. Right. Well, let me say this. I tell I told you, you know, every year when teams what stops teams from becoming from becoming dynasties are either money or dissension. Egos. Yeah. So behind the te- behind the um te- you know, everybody can see we don't know what goes home behind the scenes. So we don't know how Poole's gonna respond. We don't know how Draymond's gonna respond <laughs> as a player. So uh he's already on a decline. So we don't know how, you know, they're going to respond to this. And then the saddest part is it's not a good look because you got a whole bunch of young thoroughbreds that they have on that team. And this is not the way that you lead them since Draymond's supposed to be their leader. 
there's two kinds of leaders. There's a very good one and there's a very bad one. So if you're going to lead these young guys to the promised land, they could be special for the next 10 years. Show them the right way. And, you know, coming out with these fake apologies, at some point they get old. It's like the little boy who cried wolf. You're kicking people in the testicles. You apologize. You kick the same guy again, another game. You apologize. And you're grabbing people by the jersey and pulling them down by the neck. You apologize. You kick LeBron. You apologize. I mean, how many apologies can we take before something is done? You know, you don't have to like your teammate. You don't. You can win without liking your teammate, but you have to respect. respect. You have to respect your teammate. You think on the bad boys that everybody liked Isaiah Thomas and Bill Lambert. Hell Hell no. no. (laughs) But they did respect them. They respected them. And that's the worst. That's the worst thing that they could do because not only does Poole lose probably respect for Draymond, so does those players that Derek was just talking about. Uh, You know, all those younger guys that are moving up, they lose respect for him. And guess what? Now you can't be our leader anymore. No matter what you say, we don't respect you. You know, go, go talk to the wall over there. And that could really affect the way the Warriors play this year because, you know what? This is probably the last year that this group is going to be together, mm-hmm. you know, sure. with everybody. Mm-hmm. Because now the younger guys are going to take over some of the older spots and, you know, things are going to change around. And, you, you know, so – but this could affect, you know, if I'm the coach and the GM, I'm, I'm trying to rally my troops, say, hey, one more time, forget about all this and, and let's take care of business. But it's easier said than done. Kind of like the Bulls. That makes sense, Paul. Yeah, yeah. kind of like when the Bulls had their last go around with uh, Jerry Krause and those guys. Hey, well, tell me this, guys. We'll, we'll move on from Jerry Bond because I, I definitely want to get your thoughts on the Lakers uh, giving a contract extension to Rob Palenka. <laughs> I mean, they extended him through 2026. Four years, 2026. I mean, for, for what? <laughs> Have they not watched some of the stuff he's done? <laughs> Does he have pictures of somebody or something? I, no. I saw I saw him Thursday. I saw him at the game Thursday. He did have a little skip in his step when I saw him. So, you, 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 you two guys say the Lakers aren't ascending. I say they are. And um, I just think they're going to surprise some people this year. I still don't have them as one of the top contenders. But I think they're going to do much better than people think. When you're talking about AC seed and playing game, they're going to do better than that this year. And now we got a new kid on the block. Uh, I'm hoping they can incorporate him into the team, Matt Ryan. That guy <laughs> shooting the ball. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. So they got a shooter now, and Kendrick Nunn's played well. Uh, AD had 28 and 21 minutes, um, but you know we we know AD. Hopefully he stays healthy. Yeah. But Kendrick Nunn looks very spry. Uh, Lonnie Walker is going to help these guys. I keep telling you, they got some guys off the bench that are going to surprise you, and yeah. that's why I think the Lakers are going to do much better than a lot of people expect. I, I think they'll be up the five, six, seven seed probably. But you know that that kid you're talking about was one for seven from the three on Thursday when I saw him oh, Thursday yeah. night. And uh, they and the Lakers didn't play. They didn't play Westbrook. They didn't play AD. They didn't play LeBron. Uh, they didn't play any of their starters. So those backups you're talking about played, and Minnesota beat them by 20. So, uh, you know, I, I think – I don't think if, – if they finish fifth, sixth, or seventh, that won't surprise me, you know. But, but you know, 
If, if LeBron and, and AD play 75 games, 70 games, yeah. They, well, what, what does Westbrook do? What do you do with him? Russ has actually been not that bad. I don't know. I, I didn't see him play, so I don't As know. As they but... move along, it's going to be the question, because what are you going to do with him and Schroeder and um, who's the third one? Oh, Beverly. You got all three of those guys. That's a, <laughs> I still say some kind of move is going to have to happen. They, they're too loaded in the backcourt, kind of like last year, weren't they? Yeah, so, they're trying, but, yeah. But they're trying to get – just bring Westbrook off the bench? Because, because you're paying him $50 million. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, Palenka and that owner, right? Oh, we're paying him fifty million dollars. You're going to bring him off the bench, and secondly, who, who, who are you going to start, Beverly? Because I'm not starting Schroeder. Because Schroeder, we tried that. We've already that. We've been through that already. He's returned. Schroeder is a me, me, me guard first, and that's what I don't like about him with the Lakers. He's a think first scoring guard, and that didn't work with LeBron last time. And Schroeder's game hasn't changed. So the question will be: Do you start Patrick Beverly, or do you use him as that engine off the bench? Um, I think Russ would accept – I don't think Russ would accept coming off the bench. And I think for Patrick Beverly, he's more accepting in that role. And I think now Schroeder would accept that role instead of asking for 30 or 40 whatever million that he wanted last time he was around. Yeah, they're going to start Reeves. That's who they'll start, Reeves. They could start Austin Reeves. I like yeah. Austin Reeves. He, he's, he's, he took over the point guard. I saw him play. He took over the point guard. He had 12 assists, two turnovers. He's turned it from a shooter into a point guard, always makes the right pass, very unselfish. And get in the paint. Yeah, but the problem is, here's what scares me about freaking Westbrook. You want to hear what scares me about Westbrook? Two days ago, when a reporter asked him, he said, yeah, I've always been a good shooter. <laughs> That's a problem. I've always been a good shooter. You've never been a good shooter. What are you talking about? He's just confident, <laughs> man. But damn, that, you're calm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's like me going out and saying, "Yeah, I could shoot a 69 on the golf course." Sure, I can. He is a I good always shooter. play he's great. He's golf. just not a good shooter on the on the <laughs> NBA floor. He's a heck of a shooter in practice. Yeah, well, that's what we talk about: knowing your roles and accepting his role. Obviously, Westbrook thinks he's a great shooter. So he's, this the last game I think that he played. He had like 12 points and six assists. If he plays like that, instead of worrying about getting his triple doubles and all that. If he plays like they play cohesion, the three of those guards, if they can work together, that makes them a much better team. But if you got Russ fighting his role and fighting these two guys, then it won't work. Um, so hopefully he'll take a back seat, and that'll make them a better team. I like Austin Reeves, to be honest. Speaking of, speaking of the back seat, they, they, they will take a back seat to the Clippers in L.A. That is the best team in L.A., by far, if, that, if the Clippers stay healthy, guys, they could challenge Golden State this year. Absolutely. Yeah. No Talent-wise, yeah, my only problem is uh, mentally. Can they – because I'm still looking at their point guards, our Reggie Jackson, who I still question um, in big moments mentally. And then you got the other point guard who I still question. So, um, you know, they got a really good team. Well, but, well, did you see that? Well, you know who the other guard is, John Wall, yes. who I'm speaking on. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, him just coming off his injury, is he coming back trying to show people that he's back or is he coming back to play within the confines of the team? Uh, if he does that, they have a chance to be uh, really dangerous. They have a really, really deep lineup. If they all buy in 
uh, and not just physically, mentally, then they have a chance to be special. But we know that's held them back before. And, and they're, but, they're, they're still missing a big also. Yeah, they're going to rely on Zubac. Right, Zubac. That, that's, that's what makes me nervous. Yeah. I'd rather have Purtle. Yaka uh, Purtle. Did, did you see that Paul George said, hey, this is Kawhi's team. He's the number one option. Man, look. I, I'm the second. You don't believe that? That's just talking. Paul says the same it? thing every year until he gets the ball in his hands and isn't start the, 10 dribbling, dribbling and all that. Isn't that what Harden said about Ky- Kyrie? Yeah, Paul. Paul he said that a year ago too, right? Right. So does Paul get it on the wing or bring it up the floor and he going in his 10 dribbles and around the backs and all of that stuff. So he can see, he said that every year. If he's smarter to be Kawhi's team and Paul still can get his 25 and 7 and 7 a night. <laughs> well, I, I thought that was okay. Y'all know the stuff, Ricky. Competition, man. You, Paul, jo- Paul George thinks he's a great player. I mean, great That's players, good, you right? know. Okay, I know. I'm just saying, how many great players you know really don't think that they better than the guy they playing with? You hear Scottie Pippen talk today. Yeah, yeah, I got you. And then Kawhi sat out lots of times, so has Paul, but he remembers Kawhi sitting out and, you know, <laughs> you'll be amazed what guys think of, of themselves, man. Paul George is a top 20 player now. Not only was he sitting out, he wasn't sitting on the bench. He was up in the skybox, in the owner's box. <laughs> but I, I, I do remember, I, I've told you guys this story before, when my my friend Anthony Mason first got into the league. Uh, the Knicks came to the Pistons, and he wasn't even in the rotation. He was maybe playing five or six minutes a game, and he was looking at the stat sheet after the game. He said, man, Patrick Ewing got more shots than me. I said, <laughs> that's I said that's, that's Patrick Ewing. <laughs> he said, yeah, but he was missing him. <laughs> yeah, I remember now he didn't start out in New York. He started out with Not me in New Jersey. Right? <laughs> you talk about a funny guy for a rookie boy. He, uh, him and Bill Fitz had their battles, man. I swear. Uh, he had one way he wanted Anthony to play. Uh, all our coaches, Rick, uh, Bill Fitz, Rick Carlisle, Tom Newell, son of uh, Pete Newell, and and Butch Beer were our coaches. You know, they saw Anthony as the power for. Uh, prototype power forward but anthony saw himself as a prototype point guard so <laughs> yeah and that, did, that didn't work either that didn't work either saying. yeah because don nelson took that job he called me and he asked about do you think anthony mason can play point forward i said well he's got the skills for it he played him at point forward yeah he was he terrible yeah, he did. So he <laughs> wanted to play point guard. I don't think he wanted Mookie bringing it down the floor. <laughs> so I yeah. know guys do think like that. So Yeah, yeah but it, at every level, you have to have confidence in your game, and you have to think you're a really great player, and, you know, you got to work at it and earn it. But the difference is, you know, once you get into a team, because it's a team sport, you get into a team, and you see, well, I there's – uh, Michael Jordan on the wing and there's uh, Paxson who could shoot and Steve who could shoot. And, you know, you got to figure that stuff out. And, you know, am I as good as some of these guys? Sure. But I'm not, they're going to get the shots. I'm not, you got to figure that out. And you know what that tears apart a team more than anything is when those guys that think they're great, just like saying, well, Patrick Ewing gets all the shots, you know, and they start 
talking to another player. And then that guy says, yeah, you're right. I'm better than so-and-so. And now your locker room's a mess and you got no chance to win. All Paul George needs to do is just go out and be Paul George. Uh, Kawhi's yeah. a team player. He's always been a team player. So just maximize your potential. Both of you guys maximize what you bring to the team and just go out and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. Yeah. I, You know, all, all that's going to be interesting to see, but I think the Clippers, man, really got Ricky, a chance. I, I got to ask you guys this, because Paul heard, no, on Facebook earlier we were talking, and uh, one of my friends from my, my college teammate came on talking about he had a lot of faith in Milwaukee. And I said, I have a lot of faith in Milwaukee, too. And then I had to do this. I also have a lot of faith in Dallas. I also have a lot of faith in Denver. I also have a lot of faith in Golden State. I also have a lot of faith in Memphis, uh, Brooklyn, uh, Philly. There's a lot of teams I have a faith in. This is a different year. There's a it's a crapshoot. You don't know who's gonna get who's gonna be the team that's gonna be the last man standing because you don't know who which team is gonna stay healthy. But I can tell you this: it's gonna be a deep team that wins this year, and that's no guarantee it's gonna be the Golden State Warriors. No, I mean. Yeah, there's there's five or six, possibly seven teams that that'll be in the mix for sure, and it's going to come down to like you said, who stays healthy and who gets on a roll at the end. Because when you go to the finals in the NBA, that's another two months of a season, so you're going to have to get on a roll at the right time and stay healthy. And that, those are the team that's going to win. I mean, none of those teams we we mentioned can lose one of their key players and win a championship. None of them. So it's going to come down to injuries and getting on a roll at the right time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in Memphis, you know, Jaron Jackson's still out. It'll probably be December before uh, uh, they get him back. So we got to wonder uh, how he's going to come back from that. Of course, he's only 23, man, so he's a young guy. Hopefully he'll come back as strong as ever. because he's well, such a, a good young player. I mean, we've mentioned a lot of teams. Let's think, who has one of the best starting lineups probably? Two, there's two teams that we haven't even mentioned that has one of the best starting uh, five out there, Minnesota and Cleveland. And we haven't yeah, even I mentioned mean, them yet. I haven't yeah. mentioned the Bulls. Yeah. The Bulls looking I mean, pretty good again. Zion's Pelican. back for not, uh, New Orleans. Right, I mean, Pelicans. I'm saying. So, yeah. Paul, yeah. we named it. I said 10. We already named over 10 teams. Yep. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you in the first two months of the season, three or four teams are going to be doing this and they're, yeah, they're going on a roll and then something's going to happen. And then these yep. other three will come back to and the then be like yep. All and, season. And that's why I look, when I look at rosters, I look, look at depth, the team with enough depth and experience. And those are teams like the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, you know, that, you know, that those are the teams that can survive those ups and downs and injuries here and there and get on a roll. Because if you don't have if you have five great players like Cleveland does and and one guy goes down, you're done, you know, or one guy gets in foul trouble or one guy turns an ankle in a seven game series. You know, same with Minnesota, you know, so, you know, in the long run, the NBA season, as we know, is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's eight months, 82 games. Then you start the real season. Another two and a half months of another 20-something more games. So, you know, it's the deeper teams that end up making it through that that marathon. 
Yeah. Hey, Ricky, let me say this quickly. I hope people remember also, like Philly, they added uh, Montrez Harrell, uh, P.J. Tucker, and I believe Andre Drummond. I saw Andre hitting five threes. But, yeah, they've added. So I'm just saying that's another team that's in the mix that brought in two key veterans, uh, two very tough players that play their role to the max. And that makes Philadelphia a, a better, a more of a contender this year. So it's going to be very interesting. Let's see. Philly, Maxi, Harden, Tobias Harris, P.J. Tucker, Embiid, uh, Montreal Harris, uh, a couple other. Yeah, I mean. They're good, man. <laughs> Shoot. Really good. I, I'll go to war with any of those top ten. Thibault. He didn't even name Thibault. Yeah, yeah Thibault. Yeah. yeah. The new uh, kid they brought in could play, Paul Melton. Yeah, Melton. Shaq Melton. Melton. Yeah. He could play. So yeah. I'm telling you, Ricky, this is a year that, man, it's, it's exciting. I mean, look. Yeah, uh, Andre's in, uh, he's in Chicago. Oh, yeah, well, I watched him last night. He hit 5-3, so he's going to help the Bulls. So that even makes my case with them. But, yeah, they're going to be better. It's I mean, a look, lot of teams. I mean, look at, like, uh, Brooklyn, right? Kyrie, Curry, KD, Aldridge, Ben Simmons, Royce O'Neal, Cam Thomas, Joe Harris. <laughs> Another deep team. Look at Denver. We can go on and on. Yeah. Look, look at Denver with their new additions now. Uh, who they bring in now? They got Murray back. They brought in uh, Bruce Brown. I'm trying to think of the other guy they brought in, 6-7. So they brought in two more they got, uh, wing They got Caldwell Pope, right? Yeah, and Bruce Brown. And, yeah. and then uh, they brought in one more guy. that they Yeah, so they're getting better. I'm just saying, man, all these teams are going to be deep. And you got Jamal Murray back. You still got the reigning MVP. Uh, Will Barton, these guys, man, they're going to mess a lot of teams out here that really could win it this year. I'll tell you what, Aaron Gordon played well in the Worlds, too, World Championships this summer. Yeah. Aaron Gordon, hey, yes, yeah, no. I want to go to uh, – Oh, Ricky, let me – I, I okay, left out ahead. the name. Go I'm ahead. sorry. Paul, the big the other addition, they brought in Jeff Green. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Jeff is a pro. He's yes. a pro. So it's, yes. He, he is truly a pro. That, uh some of our viewers checking in with us, and we sure do appreciate you guys. And remember, you can catch us on the Believe Sports Network, and uh, that's at B-L-E-A-V dot com. Yes, I go to Spotify, Apple, anywhere you get your uh, your podcast, you can find D. Gerv and Big Mo show there. Uh, Ralph Riddle. Uh, some comments on our earlier subs. He said Steve Kerr knows firsthand about scuffle <laughs> practice. I'm talking about practice. He said Draymond was wrong for that punch. Yeah. And Dave Here, here's, Finkel, here's the yeah. difference. Here's the difference. Steve Kerr got punched by Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, everybody, everybody went, what happened? I didn't see anything. You see anything? No, I didn't see anything. <laughs> 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 and that's my thing. Draymond thinks he's as a, as as a important as as Michael Jordan. But, hey, know. Ricky. Hopefully, though, this will actually humble him. Hopefully, this could help, man. I'm not gonna give up on the guy yet. Uh, I hope that he realizes because this also could hurt his bag. And I know he's already made a lot of money, but a lot of people become standoffish when you get near the end of your career. All he has to do is look at ask Carmelo, ask uh, Allen Iverson, guys like that. You don't want to uh, be known for having a bad reputation as your skills start to wane. Latrell Sprewell. 
And, <laughs> and, and it's funny you guys mentioned that because Dave Finkel checked in and we appreciate your comments, Dave. He says, I figured it was about his contract. He wants a mad contract. And then he added, remember what happened to Spree when he choked uh DJ Carlissimo. Yeah. My so, buddy. Yeah. I, I don't hey, know. Now, you don't Paul, know. Did you know PJ? A little bit. Because I, I, I was just one, well, I, I was one that did spree choking for me. Now, I love PJ. <laughs> PJ could be a tough one, boy. I tell you, I know him personally. He, he could be a tough one. Yeah, now I and I I'm gonna say this like all this talk about you know he's upset about his contract and Pulgan. I'm not one of those guys. I don't think that's not between you and Pool. That's between you and the team. So you know now could it come up that um, you know well, Pool made comments, Paul. Yeah, Pool said, "Hey, I'm getting my money." <laughs> Look here, man. You're, yeah, you're you know old. what time it is. I'm yeah, getting the bat. Yeah, uh, that's what I was saying. Hey, you're old as you're old as hell, man. Oh, old, old <laughs> you're man. Done. You're done, Because you know, man. after Draymond had called him a B word about five times, yeah, you get so, tired of him bullying you. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, you know what time it is. Maybe that's maybe that's why uh, Draymond wants the audio released. <laughs> it looked like he was standing over there thinking, man, just standing there contemplating for a minute what to do, and yep. then just all of a sudden he just eased his way on over there. So something that the young fella said uh, really got under his skin because when we looked at that time, Pooh was just standing there with his arms crossed and the coaches were talking and Steph and all those guys were out on the floor and then Draymond just all of a sudden, he went back over oh, there like yeah. he's going to be part of practice and then his mind, just he just lost it. And you so know. the young fellas, I'm telling you, it's something personal, man. You know, you know how you know what was happening? Because if you watch that video, as soon as Draymond started walking, the coach there, goes, there was the a coach following him because right. yep. he knew what was going to go happen. He was an older coach. I can't remember his name. Yeah, and didn't do anything about it, Paul. He's just going to walk behind it. Because he's 70 years old. I ain't getting in but the I'm middle gonna, of that. He could have said something, yeah. man. Like, come on, man. Don't oh, do that. Man. Alerted the guys or yeah, something. Nope. Well, he like, he hey. just walked over there and he's looking like well hey i'm seven years old you know what i ain't getting punched i don't make 20 million or 30 million i ain't get punched i'm like why do you walk do, over there do guys try to intimidate younger players younger teammates yes sure. yes absolutely yes yes hey ricky could, could have been some of that could have been some let of me that. see you remember the, Gary Payton told a story. Uh, I'm trying to think who had to straighten him out when he was a rookie. It was it was the X Man or somebody had to X, get Gary Payton X, straight. Yeah, X Man. X Man. Yeah, you guys come in sometimes smelling yourself. You come in, you the first pick or whatever pick you were, or first round, a high pick, and you you making money for the first time. Uh, you've already always been catered to in high school, college, AAU, and then you come in. And sometimes it's a wake-up call. And that's the other side of what Pooh could have been going through as well. Uh, you come in talking a lot of trash. And a lot of these veterans sometimes, you know, sometimes it's what you say. It's not what you say, but it's how you say it. So yeah, there's <laughs> there's a, a lot so of only, stuff happens. Only a few people that know what really happened. Yeah, and the, right. the two guys that were involved and the guys over there, they're the only people. All Everything else is just spec speculation. Speculation, that's what it is. Hey, hey, Ralph Riddle asked about the Bucks. Well, what about well, your, your what thought? About, yeah. Paul, let I me mean, take they, your they, team they first. Were, they were champs a couple of years ago. There Here's what? the thing. 
Say that again, Ricky. They were NBA champions just two years ago. And, and you know, they lost Chris Middleton last year. If not for him, they may have gotten back again last year. Well, I like the Bucs. Um, I picked them first um, coming out of the East this year. They were my favorite. Uh, but here goes a big question. Are the Bucs going to be as good as they were two years ago? Because last year they kind of had a fall off. Um, they got made some changes. Uh, DiVincenzo's gone. Some guys were gone. Uh, I, the question is, Middleton wasn't playing like the, he did the previous year. He wasn't having a great year last year, even before his injury. So they weren't the same team. Uh, they had some lulls during the season. Um, and usually when Milwaukee, once they get rolling, they continue to roll. Last year, they were a different team. They had some ebbs and flows. They lost C.J. Tucker last year, too. Yeah, they lost toughness. Well, remember I talked about him when he was gone, how big that would be. Uh, They were lucky to be able to retain Bobby Portis. But they lost P.J. and they lost that championship pedigree. Will they be as good this year um, with Middleton being healthy? Can he come back and have another all-star year? So, to me, that will be the important thing. Uh, I expect Drew Holiday to be – Drew Holiday, even though he was getting absolutely torched the other night by Trey Young. And um, I expect Milwaukee to be Milwaukee, but will they be as good as they were two years ago would be my question. Last year, the team they were, I don't think they would have made it anyway. I don't think they were good enough. Yeah, and here's a name that people don't think of because he's not the superstar, but uh, the person that missed 80% of last year, his name was Brooke Lopez. He's the big guy in the middle. He blocks shots. He can shoot threes. He's a presence in there. He had a back surgery. He wasn't around for 80 games. So, and they lost PJ Tucker. So they had Portis playing center, which is not his position. And they had Middleton playing the four spot, which is not his position. So if Lopez is healthy, that will help them a lot. And then they picked up Joe Ingles this summer. I know he's hurt, but if he can come back and contribute, uh, you know, they have a chance to be better than they were. And also Middleton and Holiday after they won the championship, flew overseas to play in the Olympics, right? So they had an extended, they had a short summer. So, um, you know, they're they're in the mix with Philly and, and Boston and Miami and the Nets and uh, any other names you can think of. <laughs> uh, they got, they, they'll get Ingles they'll back in, in uh, January. And, you know, they got Ibaka. Uh, George get, Hill. George uh, Cognitin, Grayson Allen. Uh, you know, so but a lot depends on Lopez. Wesley Matthews is there too. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Ricky, my my one question, my my one team out of all of this is not the Lakers; it's the Boston Celtics. <laughs> what kind of how are they going to respond this year uh, with a new coach? All the things that they've been through already, and then losing Robert Williams for a period of time. So it's like they're uh, not going to start all get off to a good start. Um, will they be able to, as the season go on, will they be able to play similar to the way they did last year um, when they didn't get off to a great start? And then the second from December on, I think they were the best team in the maybe the end of December. From that point on, they were the best team in the NBA. So that's the team this year that will be the biggest question mark for me, the Boston Celtics. Yeah, they, they were set to be the best team in the East, uh, I think, because uh, they picked up, you know, Williams – was going to be healthy. They picked up Gallinari, who's a 6'10 veteran player, and they picked up Brogdon, who who is a stud. So they they were setting themselves up, you know, to be one of the best teams in the East. But then 
Uh, Gallinari got hurt, tore up his knee. He's not going to play. Williams is hurt. He's not going to play for a while. Um, so, and then the whole coaching scenario, which throws everything in the tizzy. So, you know, they went from, in my opinion, uh, one of the top two or three team, one, two or three teams to now more four, five, six. Yeah, that question mark. Yeah. Yep. Hey, uh, you know, over in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers uh, fired Matt Rule today uh, after two seasons. He was 11 and 27, uh, and, and they lost 16 of their last uh, 19 games. At, what coach in the NBA you think is under the most pressure on the hot seat going into this year? Is, is there a team that needs to really do something? Yes, uh, right down there where I was drafted in 1985, Philadelphia 76ers, Doc Rivers. They yeah. have to, they, they have to, uh, this year, James Harden went there. Uh, he looks in better shape this year. Uh, so another year for Tyrese Maxey. Uh, I just met, named the guy, the additions they brought in. P.J. Tucker and Montrez Harrell, uh, those are huge additions. Those are win-now players that they brought in. Yeah. So Embiid, um, if he can stay healthy and play 65 to 70 games, they're going to be a monster. He's still Joel Embiid, and he's ascending. His game is continuing every year. He's been bringing back something new to the table. Uh, he's shooting the three well. Uh, he didn't settle for it as much last year. So he's more on the low post now. That makes them a deep a team that's going to be tough to deal with. And if their outside shooting is up to par, man, they're going to be scary. Yeah, you're, to answer your question, Ricky, every coach, all 30 of them, that's who's under the gun. Because in the NBA, if you don't have success, you get fired. That's the way, except I'll take one name out of there, uh, uh, Popovich. They will not fire Popovich. If he goes 0-82, they won't fire him. He'll be able to move up in the office. But, you know, uh, I, I think Doc Rivers, I think Steve Nash in, in Brooklyn, Nash, I think say, yeah. Ty Lue in, in, uh, with the Clippers, Clippers yeah. he's on the hot seat. But really, uh, every coach in the NBA is on the hot seat. And, you know, we're talking about Matt Rule, right? You know, so he got fired. I don't – They he has a seven-year contract. They still owe him $40 million. So, I mean, if I'm him, I'm like, okay, see you later. The people that get hurt that people don't realize are the assistant coaches because all his assistants will be fired at the end of the year, and they will be looking for, for jobs. Their families will have to move. Their kids will have to change schools. The assistant coaches and the staffs are the ones that really pay the price hey, when hey, coaches Paul, get fired. How would you like to have your two quarterbacks on a pro team, uh, three quarterbacks, because now they got some kid named Walker, I believe. But how would you like your quarterbacks to be Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield? Uh, pay, pay me $40 million. I don't care. <laughs> you could be my quarterback, Derek. I don't care. R Ricky, you could be my punter. <laughs> Come on. I'm saying, like, they fired him. They fired him, but what did they expect? Because he didn't yeah. build the team. Well, so, here. Yeah, so, yeah, so he was 11 and 27, right? And, you know, the general managers and the player personnel and the owners uh, are the ones. But here's – this is why when – an athletic director in college or an owner in pros give you a nod as a coach. Like we have really, we're looking, for, you know, he's we got our, you. you're going to be fired because 
a few months ago, the owner of his team said, it will take us five or six years to build up this team. Eh, wrong, you're fired. <laughs> you know you're not gonna be there. <laughs> you might as well you might as well start packing already. Right. <laughs> but but he got he got almost he got two two serious years in and you know he's eleven and forty seven. Or eleven I or call, twenty-seven. I, Paul, I call you in the office. You are Ricky. We gotta have that meeting now. And I tell you that next year is your make or break year. And then your first question is, who who are my quarterbacks? Well, you got Baker and you got <laughs> Sam Darnold. Uh, you might as well start packing. If you're an assistant coach, you might start looking for a new job. Start calling yeah. people. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, back to the NBA. Uh uh Victor. Wimbayana. Wimbayana. Wimba, Wimba, the big fella. Wimbayana. Wimbayama. 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 Seven foot four. Just call him Victor. Just call him yes, Victor. Sir. Big V. <laughs> Wimby. Uh, big, big Wimby. Uh, your, your thoughts on him? He was here in Vegas. Uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't get a chance to see him. Uh, but uh, he played very well here in a couple of exhibition games, uh, scoring 36 points in, in one game. Rob, your, your thoughts on this guy's uh, potential? I know you guys have seen <laughs> enough of him to get some general, some personal ahead, impressions. Uh, it's just it like potential. He could be the best player ever that's ever played basketball. That's what his potential is. Oh. He, he could be. He could be. He could be. Or... He could be uh, playing the league for three years and be done, or yeah, get hurt. Yeah, or, say it again, Ralph Sampson. Yeah, or yeah, or get hurt, or have foot. You know, it's just. But I'm telling you, uh, I was there. I watched him play Thursday against the Ignite, which is the G League team here. Keep in mind, though, the Ignite are all 18 and 19 year old kids. They had a couple of veterans, but but uh, Wembiano's uh, 18, uh, only 18. Um, but I mean he's tall. I mean, I saw him standing next to Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert looked like a, like he was 6'5". <laughs> this kid is legit 7'4". And here's the mind-boggling thing. His wingspan, arm span is 8 foot. 8 foot. That's amazing. That's how tall you are is what your arm span is. He can handle the ball. He's super, super, super skinny. His legs, his calves look like his quads. Uh, you know, he's seven, four and weighs 215 pounds. Um, I, I, he's a, he's a really good, he, they talk about his ball handling. He, he, his ball handling is okay. Can he bring the ball down? Sure. Can he bring it down against pressure? Probably not, but he's comfortable with it. He can make the right pass at the right time. He can shoot pull up threes. He can shoot step back threes. Uh, he can post up and has the one foot shot like Dirk does, um, uh, you know, he can, he can run a pick and roll as a ball handler. Uh, uh, he's not very strong. He gets pushed out of the post by there were six, seven guys guarding him that night. Uh, he gets pushed around. Um, great shot blocker, really good timing. gets up quick, um, has, has some jumping ability. Uh, he's not a very good rebounder in the French league which is a pretty good league. It's not the top league, but it's a pretty good league. He averaged last year at 17 years old, he averaged 17 points and seven rebounds. So, you know, he, 
he's going to be the number one pick. I I was sitting with 80 NBA guys. I know most of them. And I'm telling you, whoever was telling me they weren't going to pick him first was lying to me. <laughs> and, and he was playing, playing with, uh, uh, against Scooter Henderson, who was, is a guard for the ignite. He's probably picked at number two pick and he's really, really good too. But this kid is, you know, he, he could be really, really special, but you know, you know, Chet Holgram is not playing this year and everybody was infatuated <laughs> with him and, you know, we'll see, but, uh, upside unlimited. It reminds me a lot of um, the notoriety Ralph Sampson was getting when he first came out. It reminds me a lot of that. Before you go, let me – yeah, Derek, you're – and you know what? If Ralph Sampson played today, he would be able to bring the ball down and and shoot threes. But back then, he he wasn't really allowed to. But you're right on with that, Derek. Absolutely. Yeah, he had the same kind of game. Then like that, what scares me the most, the guys upside, Paul named all the positives. Is will he get stronger? Because like right now, he's not ready for a guy. He's not ready to walk down and post up on a Dwight Howard. <laughs> so he's still got a ways to go. Uh, I, when I say I think he's going to be great, I'm looking at the projection, his future. Right now, he's going to be like any other rookie comes in. Uh, there's not too many LeBron Jameses that come in the league that's ready to be superstar right away. So I don't see him coming in like that. I see him coming in and how to get acclimated to the system and get stronger, get used to the league and make the rounds a few times against all these teams. And uh, we're looking at two, three, two years from now, three years after he starts playing. That's when I think you'll see the best that he has to offer. Uh, it's not going to be when he's a rookie. He's, he's, he's not physically strong enough. Yeah. And that's the question. Is he physically strong enough to hang in there, not get hurt and, and build the, the thing that scares me. And I saw him, <clears throat> I saw him up close and personal at the Laker game. He came and watched Minnesota Rudy Gobert play. Um, and he walked right by uh, myself and my son. And he's, you know how it is, Derek. You know, you could be really tall and really skinny, but you know you have some shoulders. And you he got, you, you know, like you know, <laughs> well, he is like, I don't stick know. Man. So, you know, and you're not, he's never going to be, you know, 7'4". Uh, uh, you know, 250 or 60, he's just always going to be skinny. So he's going to have to stand up. He needs some definition. George was real thin. You know, he yeah. played at 185, but you know, George yeah. was a strong 185. Yeah, wiry, wiry. Yeah, yeah. Real, his grip yeah. was real yeah. heavy and all that. So yeah. he, he liked contact. Remember yeah. that George initiated a lot of contact. Well, this yeah. kid, that's going to be this kid's question. Is the contact is the only thing that could slow him down. I can't see anything else. Yeah, yeah, I tell you, you know, Tayshawn Prince was like that too. He was wiry, but he was, but he's he strong. strong. Yeah, yeah. you're not pushing yeah. him around. Yeah, let me ask. Let me ask you, what positions did those two players play? Guard oh. and small oh. forward. Yeah. They didn't play center. Yeah, so gonna, that's why I mentioned Dwight Howard first. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to guard uh, the Joker. You got to guard Brooke Lopez. You got to you know. Yeah. But you know what impressed me about the kid, and uh, I I saw him you know a little bit. And they did a eight million interviews with him here. He's very, very poised for a young man. Mm-hmm. He really sure. speaks well. Mm-hmm. He really knows, uh, you know, like you said, Ricky. He's not like I'm all this. He's like I got a lot of work to do. I have to listen to my coaches. You know, uh, uh, you know, I, I I see my potential, but I can't get all caught up in all because I'm telling you, it was no. There was like five hundred uh, uh, phones on him wherever he walked. 
he walked in front of us to the to a seat and you know he's he can't he can't hide you know so but he was really really poised with his answer i i talked to some of the nba scouts that have interviewed him and that they're impressed and uh derek he doesn't get upset on the court with referee calls or frustration he just, he just keeps playing paul, and that you hear what he said paul that he, he said that that he's been um since he was a kid like eighth seventh grade or whatever he said he's always the reason he's not big-headed and stuff because he's always felt that this was like his destiny he said that he really felt that he was going to be a great player because he knew he was going to put in the work and he always felt that this is where he belonged and to hear a young guy say it, he wasn't saying it in an arrogant, cocky way. Uh, the guy, you heard him speak. He's very, very intelligent, and that's always a good start. So other than injuries, I say without a doubt, he's very, very successful, one of the greatest players that we've probably ever seen. And I'll, uh, I watched him as, you know, I put my scout cap on because I can't help it. And when he comes out of the game, he's very respectful. He listens to the coaches. He cheers for his teammates when they're game. And there was, I'm telling you, uh, someone said 200. I don't believe it. Probably almost 100 scouts. And he wasn't upset when he came out. He wasn't, you know, and that's part of the deal too. You know, cheering for your teammates, being part. And I could tell all his teammates liked him. They all liked him. Hey, Ricky, let me say this quickly, and then we move on. Um, I, the, Scoot Henderson, the kid that uh, – Paul talked about, <laughs> I'm looking at a combination of Ja, what is a, a jumping, a leaping ability and all that. Kyrie got the handles. He's a man, the guy's going to be special. And uh, it's kind of sad that he's going to be upstaged by Big Victor. Uh, but here's what I like about Scoot. He said that he believes he's the best player in the draft and had that kind of confidence. Uh, he's another pretty down-to-earth young man. But I'm telling you, if you young people haven't uh, heard, or you older or my age, whatever, if you haven't heard of Scoot Henderson, check him out. I'm telling you, he's worth it. He's worth the price of admission. Yeah, he and he showed really well. He, even though he's only 18 years old, he has a man's game. He goes to the basket. He not, he puts his body to people. He can finish. He didn't show his athleticism as much. He got hurt uh, in the third quarter, hurt his knee, so he didn't play anymore. But he's going to be a great example of, you know, he went to the G League and played in the G League last year against men, averaged 15 points a game, five rebounds, five assists. So he's played against, you know, not NBA level, but close to NBA level. Um, you know what scares me about him, though? He can't shoot. He, he shoots well, that's 20. That's the only question I had yeah, for him was his jump. He seems to be working on his jumper, though. I'm hoping yeah. it. That's the only. That's his only setback would be his jump shot. That's about. That was my only question. He shoots 20 percent from the three point line. We, we, man, this hour has just whizzed by as it normally does. Have you know with these great conversations we have, but but I, I want to ask you: Is it better for a top level prospect to play in college or to play in G League? And because you know one of the benefits about playing in college. At, at a high-level program, you're going to get competition. But also, you know, the college life is something special, too, that you're never going to get. But that, you know, you're going to have one time to get that experience. Right. What, what would you do if you were a top-level player? To, today, they've kind of taken that college option away because this they, you, you looked at like you have some shortcomings if you're there in college as junior, so, a senior, 
they're going with these young guys today, and that's where we're headed. Um, it's sad to say, but it's true. I hate to see them them not focus and talk about education the way they are, like they used to. But um, these kids are being, you know, we're in the society now where people want to get there fast and they want to take the shortcut. And that's the problem that I have with it, because we don't hear them talk about now getting your degrees and stuff. And I see I think that needs to brought, uh, be brought back. And we remember what this game is about. It's about life skills. It's a sport that, that gives you a chance to take care of your family. But at the end of the day, it's, you're going to be known for your character, not how much money you made. And I think we need to get back to focusing on that. Yeah, I mean, it's an individual decision. I mean, I, I enjoyed the college life. I learned how to grow up, and I think that's important. Um, I think the decision is, is of going pro is not as hard anymore or staying in college because of the NIL situation. You could, hell, you go to Kansas and make a million dollars a year, if you, you know, from that. You know, so, you know, the money situation now is not what it was. I mean, if you had a family to support and your family's not well off, you got to go make some money, whether it's a hundred grand or a million. Now you can go to college and make that. Um, you know, the thing is most, if you're going to be an NBA player, most of those guys don't stay in college long enough to enjoy it anyway. Uh, I mean, if you look at the the mock draft of the of uh, this year's draft coming up in June, there's the Victor uh, from uh, France, and then there's ten to fifteen freshmen. I looked at are the young, next picks. Young, They're all freshmen. At, ooh, Paul, yeah, I looked at the so, top twenty. So you get one <laughs> year in college. So you know, do you like it? It could be fun, whatever. But in college, you know, and if you go to the G League, you're going to be you're going to be a pro. You get you, you don't have to worry about class. You're going to practice. You're working out. You're lifting weights. So it's an individual thing, but. Uh, you know, I don't think we'll ever get back to, uh, you know, four-year guys and all that. I mean, but the overall favorite to be rookie of the year is uh, the kid from Duke, right? The junior from Duke is uh, – Montero. Yeah, he's the he's the overall favorite to be rookie of the year. But but like everybody at the beginning of the show, everybody drafts potential. Yeah, that's out, of sight, out of sight, out of mind today. These guys uh, not passing up that opportunity. Uh, so it's an individual decision, and it's yeah. – you know, but you're gonna. But nowadays, if you're a good enough player, you're gonna make money in college or in the you pros. Know. So you know, it's it's what do you want to do? And you know, picking the right decision or what? I mean, you know, I met my my met my wife of 41 years in college, so you lose out on that, maybe. Yeah, that that was a slam dunk for you for sure. Uh, no. <laughs> I know hey, you know that. <laughs> hey, uh, 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 before we get out of here, uh, Ralph Riddle had a, a great comment about the. Uh, Going back to the NFL, we didn't get into a lot of NFL tonight, but the rough in the pass a call on Brady. Oh. <laughs> oh. Mean the, mean Brady, the Brady said today, the Brady he call? Said, hey, man, I don't mean, blow the whistle. The Brady call, <laughs> man. You know, I never heard Michael Jordan complain all the calls he got either. <laughs> That's worse than the tuck rule, man. It was, it was unbelievable, man. I, I, the guy did everything by the book. Everything by the book. I mean, what was he supposed to do? Just stand there and just hold him till the ref decides to uh, blow the whistle, so so Brady could get out of his grasp. He yeah. did it. What did he? He did everything perfect. I mean, he did. It was a perfect tackle. There's no. It's one of the worst calls in history, man. It's ridiculous. It's sad. It needed one more thing to be perfect. He needed to have a pillow and put it under Brady's head when he rolled him over. Have a little <laughs> pillow there. There you go. <laughs> you know what's sad? You know what's sad? And I heard this today, and it's true because I've been there. You know, uh, 
you know, the referees, maybe we got it wrong. You know what? Coaches get fired for calls like that. They get fired for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my bad. And, and, my bad. Oh, good. I'm fired. Good. You're bad. <laughs> and, 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 you know, Mo, we showed it on this show before, that picture of you. You're taking a charge on Dr. J. <laughs> clearly, because Doc is up in the air and you're right there. But you didn't get that call, man. It's only no. real you got that call. <laughs> nope. Hey, Dr. we didn't J. have the dotted line back then, remember? So the ref had to kind of use his imagination. And his imagination is saying, that's Paul Mokeski, that's Dr. J. Yep. And the, the crowd. And it's sad, but it's true. Raise you your know, hand, a lot of time. Because Doc's to the line. Hey, Ricky, yeah. I hated that. Okay, look look at it this way quickly. If I'm going for a loose ball, right, I'm just coming in the league, and I'm running for a loose ball with Larry Bird, automatically, just as we're running, who's going to get the benefit of the doubt before we even make contact? Larry Bird. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. Larry Bird. It's no yeah. doubt about so, so why are you mad then? Because freaking uh, uh, Brady's going to get the call too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True. And, and, and he added, do, do you guys think the Chiefs, is is that politically correct being uh, – you know, they don't get much flack for that uh, nickname. They still do the tomahawk chop. Yeah, they don't. And, they uh, don't. and the Redskins had to change to uh, freaking commanders or what the – combandos or whatever the heck they are. The worst, the worst name, you know – Except the worst for the, thing for the worst team. Except for, except for the Kraken up in Seattle, the hockey hey, team. Hey, Ricky, you're right. The name's fitting. The command is the worst name for the worst team. Or are they the worst team? And the, or, well, uh, by the, the Lions way, beat them, so hey, yeah. By the, the way, team. the Raiders are beating the Chiefs 20 to 10 right now in the third quarter. Chiefs just scored a touchdown. 20 to 10. All right, man. <laughs> well, we got, hey, we got to get out of here. Another great show, guys. I want to thank everybody for their questions and uh, comments. Uh, Spread hey, the word. Yeah. Let and I hope uh, everybody had a, a great Columbus and Indigenous Day, as we call it now. <laughs> hey, and you can go to BLEAV.com and catch this show and other shows. And we're going to be putting up some of our past interviews with such legends as Dr. J and Iceman Gervin and Artist Gilmore and Rick Barry. You'll be able to go back and catch all those shows uh, as we generate them on the uh, Believe.com. Going out of town, man, you can, you know, while you're traveling, you can listen to those interviews while you're on the road. That'll be really good. But uh, we're, Ricky, we're you must be you must be ahead of me because you're right. The Chiefs just scored twenty to seven, baby, twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Well. We said they were going to come back. Yeah, but you got this game will go go down to the wire. You're in a high level hotel because you got the game way. You got like thirty <laughs> seconds on me. <laughs> uh, I, I, I wish I could get a bed in with that kind of knowledge. Man. <laughs> go right downstairs. You know. <laughs> hey, but we got to get out of here for Derek Gervin, Paul Morkeski. I'm Ricky Hampton. Thank you for tuning in. Peace, everybody. We'll see you I next. Love week. you guys, man. Have a great night. Have a great Peace night, out. listeners. Take care, guys. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.